I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. At the end of every episode, every podcast, I give you ways to contact me, Tom H. Bit, Instagram and Twitter, teamholland.com, the website, Fitness Disrupted, the website, and many of you reach out with questions including the one that I'm going to use to start this whole topic about the plateau. Question I have received for years because it ties directly into what we're doing here. <laughs> Talking about health and wellness, building muscle, losing weight, uh, getting results. And the plateau is something that everyone will experience myself included and I'll talk about that at some point in your program so we're going to talk about what it is why it happens and how to bust through it that's a common like you know uh headline article title uh but let me start with this just phenomenal question uh that a listener reached out with and I think this was through Instagram again Tom H Fit if you want to reach out with questions comments uh, including this great one. Uh, can you please help me with this one question? <laughs> and then in parentheses, I have many, but this one bugs me the most. By the way, ask them all. Send me the, the, all the questions. Uh, what I love is, you know, getting ready to do a podcast on plateaus, and it's just moved it up to um, the top of the list uh, for me. So um, I have many, but this one bugs me the most. Uh, in a plateau for weight loss, in parentheses, what is going on? What is your body doing uh, during this time of calorie deficiency and exercise? For example, if you are measuring the temperature of water while it heats at a plateau, the energy is focusing on changing the state of the molecules. Uh, in parentheses, one final time, math, science, spe uh, special ed teacher here. What is going on in your body? Wow. Like such a great question, such a smart question. Uh, and let me just begin by saying I'm going to answer it at not the technical level uh, that the question is, uh, because so often we don't have to. And for this podcast, we definitely don't have to. I will go into it in greater detail, um, more specificity with some of the myths that are out there surrounding it, uh, but we don't have to. But I love that that she is so smart, right? We're talking, you know, uh, molecules and things like that. And and there will be the fitness people, the doctors that try to make the simple complex. And that is an issue here. Uh, and I love, I have to say as well, that she specified weight loss. Because that's a really important when we talk about plateaus. Uh, and that is the top plateau for most of you, right? That is what you're talking about. But it goes to those two words I bring up frequently. It depends, right? So if you just said to me, why do we hit plateaus? I would have to ask you a bunch more questions and say it depends, right? What do we mean by plateau? Because some people, they're talking strength plateaus, right? And if you look at the articles on this, as I do in my research for these shows, see what's out there, see what comes up first in Google searches, especially. What are you guys seeing if you were to Google uh, this question? And there's a lot of garbage out there, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but what do we mean by plateau? 
Is it strength? Is it cardiovascular, right? Slash performance, right? Are you a, a runner, a triathlete, some kind of athlete who your performance is not improving? Is it visual, right? Aesthetic. That's a huge part for many people. And that obviously ties into the weight loss plateau, the weight loss goal. But are you looking in the mirror and not seeing changes, right? Uh, is it that specific scale issue of weight loss? And some of these, many of these are tied together. Let me throw in their muscle building, right? People go, I'm not building the muscle, so hypertrophy. So there's a bunch of different plateaus. The great news is, for most of them, the answers are the same. The reasons we hit them, the reasons uh, we don't achieve our goals are oftentimes the same, regardless of the plateau you are hitting. There is obvious variations, especially when we're getting into the performance ones, um, but... I'm going to give you that broad overview. And by the way, I'm going to bring up one study, really, really complicated study that I just pulled out the best of the best little, little quotes and um, factoids that you need to know from that study that applies to, you know, what you need to know. And I, and I sigh because, you know, I spend a part of my day looking at what's out there, listening to what you are listening to. And yes, it is so often making the complex simple and the simple complex. And it's in both directions. But it's often making the simple complex, right? Because we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear, as I'm going to get to, that a lot of this comes down to what? Consistency and honesty and quality. It just does. When we're talking about changing an organism, we impose stresses upon it. And the organism has to change. And that's tied into one of the overarching reasons for hitting the plateau is the stressor is no longer a stressor. You know, that's where I'm going to talk about variation. That's where I've used the line for years that the body is a really, really smart machine, smart organism. It adapts. It's part of evolution, right? You impose the stress upon it. When I say stress, that's exercise and that's, you know, uh, strength training, that's cardiovascular. And if you want to throw it in there, diet, eating a little less, but that's, we'll get to that, right? The body adapts. That's what it is made to do. And so over time, you get better at doing that thing, whether it's biking or lifting a weight, and the body stops changing. And when you get better at doing that thing, if weight loss is your goal, the efficiency decreases the number of calories you burn during that activity. And when you add in the fact that you've probably lost some weight, I mean, that's what the plateau is about, right? And I've talked about this in numerous podcasts uh, in different ways. I will continue to uh, do so because it's a huge question. But let me get to that that I have spoken about in the past really quickly, like fit tip type. 
advice. Someone will say, I'm biking, I'm spinning three times a week. I lost, you know, X amount of pounds, been doing it for three months, and I've stopped seeing results. Or my results are slowing down, hitting the plateau. Now, the quick answer to that is what I just said. You have become more efficient at biking. The worse you are at an activity, the less efficient, the more calories you burn. <laughs> and you've lost weight. The more weight you lose, the less you have to, you know, run with, do a stepper, you know, the less weight you're carrying around, the fewer calories you burn. So you're better at it, you weigh less, you're burning less. And then there's other factors involved, but that's, that's where we start. Your body got better at it and you weigh less. You're going to burn less. Doesn't mean that you can't do it though. I'm gonna cut to the chase, jump ahead as I always do. You can bust through this plateau. And I'm gonna give you my personal experience with this, with weight loss, and I've done these podcasts, how I lose weight for these races I do over the years, and it's super challenging for me in that I'm doing a bunch of different things, right? I'm doing videos where I want muscle, and then I'm doing races and events that are endurance events where I don't want to carry around that muscle. So I lose body fat and muscle for these events. And it's often 20 plus pounds. And I experience that plateau just like all of you. Okay, so in my experiment of one, I'll give you what I do. It's the same advice. But even before the show, I looked back because uh, I weigh myself, and I'll get to this as well, once a week when I'm losing weight for a race, oftentimes I don't even look at it each week. But it goes to my app, goes to an app, and then over the course of three, four months, that line will go down. But it's not linear. It's not linear till you have the whole three, four, five months, however long the training plan is for me, mapped out. There are ups and downs, and that's a huge part of this. When we're talking weight loss, Okay, but it's not linear and I will have that initial weight loss as we all experience and every single one of you who's tried it most likely has and then it plateaus and then if you do everything I'm going to say, <laughs> uh, it drops again and precipitously. Okay, so that plateau is that visual and again, I looked back at my charts. It's there. So even someone like me who's a you know, quote unquote professional at this is going to experience it too. It's just part of the process. Okay. Um, let me give you one of the definitions that you would see if you Googled it, right? A workout plateau occurs when you do the same exercise routine or type of activity for an extended period. Over time, you become accustomed to the demands of your workouts and your body adapts accordingly. As you become more efficient, you may burn fewer calories and build less muscle. I totally agree up until the burn, build less muscle part. Should, they shouldn't have thrown that in there. <laughs> Separate concept, uh, in my opinion, but it doesn't matter. That's, that's pretty good. That's what I just said, right? Um, but that's the weight loss, right? Or uh, strength. Um, I'm sorry, this is strength, not as much weight loss. Uh, although they do throw in the, the burn fewer cows. It's, it's an overarching, pretty decent <laughs> definition. All right. But let me jump right into the whys. And then I'm going to get to the study. 
why do we see that plateau? Again, it depends. It depends. But when I started to write my notes out for this, one thing that came up was lack of. So I'm just going to list off the lack of reasons why the plateau happens. Lack of enough time. So the short-term gains, right? And I'll explain that more in a second. Lack of variation, huge, huge, what we just talked about. Doing the same thing, the body adapts. Lack of consistency. That's huge. And these are the behavioral sides. These aren't even, you know, the sports science side, uh, the exercise science side, which why in the initial question, the great question from the listener, um, where she goes into measuring the temperature of water, like, I love that. I love that she's going to the science part, but for the vast majority of people, we're not getting to that. It's just, it's, it's why I continue to study human behavior to understand it more and more. It's why I did my master's in uh, sports psychology along with the exercise science. Because the exercise science is really important. But, gotta be honest, because the vast majority of people are not doing what they think they're doing as far as consistency and quality and things like that. And so that's a huge part of it. So again, lack of time, lack of variation, lack of consistency, lack of quality. You know, one of the main reasons I go to the gym amongst others is to see what people are doing. And the vast majority of people, now I don't know what their goals are. That's one thing I've learned over the years. Like, you know, people judge, like, why are they doing that exercise? Well, maybe they have an injury. Maybe there's training for some crazy sport. Who knows? But there are, there are many just form rules and things like that. And when you see a hundred people doing things that maybe aren't, and I'm going to be nice here, but as good as they could be, that tells you a lot. That tells you a lot. So I learn a lot about what people are doing by watching what people are doing. It's pretty simple, right? So lack of quality of the workouts, and that goes, there's, there's a lot there. The way you do an exercise, the way you uh, put together a workout, the amount of time, the weight you're using, all of those things. And finally, I wrote uh, the final lack of is lack of totality. And that goes for the small things done consistently, right? So most people focus on one thing. It's that fat diet and they're not doing the strength or the cardio or it's all cardio and they're not really changing. Um, they're eating for the better. And so the lack of totality is huge when it comes to hitting that plateau especially when you're going for weight loss. Most people do one, right? And this is where the math comes in. Oh, you know, you can keep, you can burn 500 calories in an hour of hard cardio, 600, not much more, not much more. I hate to say it, but it's true. And, you know, if you do seven days a week of an hour of cardio, you know, it's a little more than a pound which is great, but easier to keep those calories out of your mouth to eat a little better. And then when you combine all of these things and add in the strength training, so the cardio, the changing in diet and the strength training, that's when you are much less likely to plateau, to struggle and to not see results continue. 
all right? And let me say this. Let's just focus on weight loss for a second because it is one of the main plateaus people want to break through. If you do a fad diet, there's no question you're going to plateau. There's no question because the fad diets, especially things like Atkins and low carb, are designed to do just that, to get you results in a really short amount of time, to what? Limit your carbs, to deplete your body of water, along with caloric, uh, you know, fewer calories. And then when you start to add things back in because you have to or you're going to just flip out, the weight loss is going to slow down. And so fad diets, absolutely, you're going you're gonna to plateau. You're going to have this massive caloric reduction and, and water depletion, most likely, depending on what you do, when it should be one to two pounds a week. One to two pounds a week. All right, so let me get into just a little deeper into what the listener asked as far as the body uh, and, and what's the body doing. And so one thing you will hear and I heard back when I was a personal trainer, you know, they would say, well, when you go on a diet and it doesn't even have to be an extreme diet, your body goes into starvation mode. Starvation mode. And it tries to hold on to the weight. Now, this would make sense from an evolutionary standpoint, right? But then I always love to compare it against what some of the fad diets are out there. If that were the case, let's just for argument's sake, bring up intermittent fasting, which is not eating for long periods of time. So if you're just eating less and people say, well, your body's going to starvation mode, it's holding on to the fat. Now, again, there, there's obviously some truth to this. I don't want to go too deep into it, but not the way people think. That's not the main reason at all why you're plateauing. It's not that your body's going into starvation mode for the vast majority of people. And if it were the case, again, why, why would intermittent fasting be so popular and people seeing some results short term? Of course. Fewer calories. Okay. But it goes back to what I talk about so frequently. We need to eat and focus on what we can eat, not what we can't, and focus on changing our dietary habits for the positive. Not talking about what we're depriving ourselves of, but talking about those healthy foods that we're finding we enjoy. All right? Uh, my personal experience, again, training for these races, I've done this numerous times. Experiment of one, of course, but it gets harder, people, when you have you know, you're trying to lose muscle. And and let me say this, again, personal experience, it's, it's harder than you read about. In other words, you stop exercising. So what I will do when I'm getting ready for an Ironman, a marathon, ultramarathon, uh, Grand Canyon run, things like that, I, I start doing much less upper body strength training, trying to lose some of that muscle. I eat a little better and I do some more cardio. And guess what? When I give it enough time, usually three, four months, the results happen. Is there a plateau? Of course. Because I need to keep changing things up, doing that variation, giving it time. It's just not linear. And that's why, let me say this, you know, so many studies that people who weigh themselves every day, it's, it works for them, doesn't work for me. And not only do I weigh myself once a week, as I said, but I don't always look at it, or I look at it quickly. Here's exactly what I do. So it's usually Mondays, I'll step on the scale, I will see that the number 
isn't what, you know, that I went up a pound or didn't go down a pound or went up two pounds. And I step back off even after a week of, of eating better and exercising because I know deep down that I've moved more and I've eaten better. And who knows why? Salt retention, water, you know, who knows? I know deep down that I moved more and ate better. And so I get off. <laughs> I still get on every Monday because at the end of that macro cycle, as we call it, in periodization, I know that I will be successful when I'm consistent with it and when I add in the variation and things like that. Okay? So that's my, that's my personal experience. Weighing once a week, even then, not always seeing a change from week to week. You need to hear that. Okay? I cut back on alcohol, which, you know, I still... I'm a red wine person, um, just less of that, less peanut butter for me, okay? So many calories from peanut butter. Ask my son how big my peanut butter sandwiches are. So I cut back, and I know that I'm cutting back. I know I'm honest, 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 honest about, you know, my normal intake. And so over time, I know it's going to change. All right, here's the study. Uh, a subject-tailored variability Based platform for overcoming the plateau effect in sports training, a narrative review. This was in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, February 2022. Um, we're going to extrapolate it out. I'm going to extrapolate it out. Just give you the bullet points that pertain to us. Um, because obviously they're talking about sports training, but they talk about other things here that absolutely apply to what we're talking about here. Let me read you the abstract real quickly. The plateau effect in training is a significant obstacle for professional athletes and average subjects. It evolves from both the muscle nerve axis associated performance and various cardiorespiratory parameters. Compensatory adaptation mechanisms contribute to a lack of continuous improvement with most exercise uh, regimens. Adaptation, your body adapts. Attempts to overcome this plateau in exercise have only been partially successful and it remains a significant unmet need in both healthy subjects and those suffering from chronic neuromuscular, cardiopulmonary, and metabolic disease. Variability patterns characterize many biological processes from cellular to organ levels. Uh, the present review discusses the significant obstacles in overcoming the plateau in training and establishes a platform to implement subject-tailored variability patterns to prevent and overcome this plateau in muscle and cardiorespiratory performance. Okay, they're talking more about sports performance. Doesn't matter. Still, we can extrapolate out and pull out what we need to know. Um and that's exactly what I did for you. I'm just going to read what we got, like six bullet points. Um, strength training is associated with changes in the recruitment of motor units during voluntary contractions. So important. Second one, neural adaptations in response to training occur at multiple levels of the neuro axes. Three weeks of training are sufficient to induce significant compensatory adaptations to the neural drive, in the neural drive, to the muscles at the cortical level this is what I talk about all the time. When you first start a, a strength training program, when you do an exercise for the first time, your body's learning how to do it. So if your goal is to build muscle, you're not going to see it. Your body is learning to recruit more muscle fibers. And at the exact point that most people, when I was a trainer back in the day, and it's different for everyone as this research shows, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, the neural component, the body learning to adapt before it starts to change. So it's internal before it's external. And right when the external is going to happen for so many people, they quit. 
so important. So all you need to know here that there's a huge neural component to strength training. Your body is learning how to do it better before it starts to change visibly. Um, another bullet point, several potential mechanisms mediate the exercised associated plateau that regulates the body's compensatory adaptation. Again, this is just another point about the neural. Brain centers are associated with the regulation of these adaptation mechanisms. After several sessions of strength training, muscle strength starts increasing due to the alterations in the neural drive to the muscle as a result of adaptations at the cortical or the spinal level. So for those of you, many of you who are listening, want to build muscle, men and women, it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. And now you know why it happens at the neural level before it happens at the muscular, visible hypertrophy level. Okay. Um, two more quick bullet points. God, the time goes fast. Another study examined the effect of high intensity resistance and exercise on body composition and plasma, leptin, and ghrelin. Always comes up, people. Concentrations among uh, 100 overweight subjects. The data showed increased exercise intensity. Accentuates, um, accentuates body fat loss before a weight plateau. An initial decrease in body weight and fat continued at a lower rate for up to three months, stabilizing the rest of the protocol. Final bullet point, manipulating the load component of the aerobic training session overcomes the muscle performance plateau in animals. Okay. Uh, there's many more points. I want to keep this to a half hour. The takeaway, I know you want like with so many other i'm <laughs> being nice fitness people will tell you the hacks it's about variation it's about listening to this podcast and getting so many different ideas for workouts and that goes for cardio as well as strength training keeping that variation sometimes you do hit training sometimes you do steady state sometimes you do uh you know machines body weight you keep the body guessing people you are consistent with that okay you give it adequate time you work to failure you use good form, you get adequate protein, and you use this podcast for ideas on how to do all that. Your results will slow down, as mine do when I'm getting ready for a race, but when you give it enough time and you are consistent and you are honest with how much you're expending and what you're intaking, <laughs> taking in, you will see the changes. But far too often, people expect far too uh, great results from short amounts of time from not doing the totality of cardio strength and healthy eating. And when you tweak all three of those a little bit over time, your body has to adapt. It has to and it will. I love these questions. And I know this is at like a surface level for many people, I get some really smart people who listen to the show, but this is where what we need to see change. I'm giving you what you need to see change. Could make it sound really smart. I could make myself sound like so many of these people, and but that's not what's gonna get you your results. It's gonna waste your time. You have only so much time, which is why I'm keeping these podcasts now to 30 minutes, unless it's a great interview. But I'm living proof. And guess what? The more weight you have to lose, the easier it is to start to lose that weight. But then when you get more efficient and you have less weight to lose, yes, then you need to do everything I just said. Keep the variation going. Keep challenging your cardiorespiratory and your muscular system. Whatever way you want to do that so it comes down to what you enjoy. And that's what you don't hear enough. 
I want to do a burpee. I detest burpees. I've done maybe four burpees in my life because I had to. Doesn't mean you can't. Doesn't mean other people don't love them. But I'm going to do what I'm consistent with. And I'm going to challenge my muscles. At 53, I'm injury-free and still seeing results. Because I do everything I ask you to do. Everything. Yet, I eat carbs. I drink alcohol. It's all in moderation. And when I need to get ready for an event and I need to lose some muscle and some body fat, because I got some body fat too, especially this time of year, (laughs) then I do it. And I employ all the strategies I just gave you. Yes, I will go into deeper um, detail on, you know, some of these issues in future podcasts. But to get you the results that you need to get you started, this is what you need to hear. All right? Keep the questions coming, please. Love, love, love. And don't limit yourself to one. Tom H. Fit, Instagram. Tom H. Fit, Twitter. Direct message me there. Lots more content coming, by the way. So much great stuff for the new year for you. Lots of it free. Most of it free. Uh, And please follow the show. Rate the show. Whatever you can do to support. It's a brand new feed. Uh, Really helpful. Cut back on the advertising so I can only bring you, so I can bring you only the best stuff uh, because that's my goal is to help you get the greatest results in the shortest amount of time with the least likelihood of injury. That comes from bringing you the best science, but also what we can do every day because that's what matters most. All right. There are three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist. Believe in yourself.